I'm Phil Lichtenberger, W2LIE, and this is Scanner School Session 3, PL, DPL, and NAC. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to our third session of Scanner School. I'm Phil Lichtenberger, W2LIE, and today we are talking about carrier squelch and various types of tone or code squelching. Hopefully my voice doesn't sound too bad in this podcast. This morning I gave an intro and advanced scanning class at Ham Radio University at CW Post on Long Island. My throat is a bit sore from all the talking I did this morning, and the single-digit weather we are having here probably isn't helping me any. So I want to welcome those who I met at HRU uh, this past Saturday, uh, today, as I'm recording this, and uh, welcome to uh, the podcast. So there's a few methods of telling your radio when to unsquelch and pass audio. The basic one and the most simplistic is called carrier squelch, which is usually abbreviated on your scanner or your radio as CSQ or Charlie Sierra Quebec. There's a low frequency tone squelch that goes by the generic name now of PL, Papa Lima, or private line. So a great marketing team at Motorola probably came up with this one. Uh, And that gave birth to digital private line, uh, another Motorola term. And uh, you'll see that DPL or Delta Papa Lima uh, on your scanner. Right. And then you also have on digital systems, you have a NAC, November Alpha Charlie, uh, a network access code on the P25 systems. So on DMR or motor turbo systems, you have what we call color code, simply abbreviated by CC or Charlie Charlie. Uh, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm using the, the um, proper phonetics for these uh, acronyms. This way, uh, I'm not making anything up. I'm not confusing anybody. So yeah, going forward, if I abbreviate something in a podcast... Uh, I'll, I'll try and come come back with the proper phonetics uh, on, on the abbreviations here. So without really getting into the magic of a radio circuit, uh, a receiver will open the squelch for any transmission that it picks up. This unfiltered method of breaking squelch is normally called carrier squelch. In other words, open the squelch when you detect a carrier. Very simple. Now remember, carrier squelch, CSQ, Charlie, Sierra, Quebec. Now, this is the way that radios worked until there were more radio users than there were available frequencies that the users can operate on. So before we dive into that, let me emphasize by saying that putting your scanner or your receiver into a CSQ or carrier-operated squelch means you will receive the transmissions, all of the transmissions, on a frequency. Okay, it's unfiltered. So in order to get more users onto repeaters and frequencies uh, or the available pool of frequencies, a new method of triggering a radio's squelch was required. So in the 1950s, uh, the engineering team at Morrill developed a new frequency squelching system that they call Private Line, or PL, or Papa Lima. Now PL has become a generic term for Continuous Tone Coded Squelch System, which is abbreviated as CTCSS, Charlie Tango, Charlie, Sierra, Sierra. And since Motorola trademarked the term PL, other radio manufacturers had to come up with names for the same type of solution. 
so there were names such as Channel Guard or Quiet Call or Quiet Channel, Call Guard, and Quiet Tone, Tone to name a few. So what exactly is CTCSS? Well, if you remember from the session one of Scanner School, and you can again you can download that. I'm sorry, session two of Scanner School, uh, which you can download again if you haven't listened to it at scannerschool.com/session two. A hertz is a unit of measurement for frequency or cycles per second. What the manufacturers did was inject a low frequency tone into the carrier of a transmission that would basically be the key to the door, uh, so to speak, of your receiver's squelching system. The receiver would hear this continuous tone and would open the squelch. And then you would hear what was on the frequency. If you had the wrong tone or the wrong key, the receiver would not open the squelch or wouldn't open the door. Okay, so remember, if your receiver is in carrier squelch, your door is always open. You'll receive the transmission no matter what the transmitter is using for a PL tone, okay? If you have your receiver set to look for PL tones, only a matching PL tone will unsquelch your receiver. So let's take an example. If Bob's plumbing uses a PL tone of 88.5 hertz, and Joe's Delivery Services uses a PL tone of 136.5 hertz, then Joe's Delivery Service would not hear Bob's Plumbing, even though they share the same frequency. But if Joe's Delivery and Bob's Plumbing were to key up at the same time, now they would interfere with each other because they're both occupying the same space at the same time, or they're both keying up at the, on the frequency at the same time. So this was a problem that radio manufacturers had to find a solution for. So they did this by setting carriers to, I'm sorry, they did this by setting radios to carrier squelch if the microphone was removed from the mic rest or taken off the hook. So this would then allow the user of the radio to know if the frequency was open and available for use or if there was somebody actively talking on the frequency. Today, we can still have multiple users on the same frequency using different PL toads, uh, but a lot of this has been remedied by the use of trunk radio systems, and we'll talk about more about trunking uh, on episodes of Scanner School coming up pretty shortly. Uh, once we're done with the basic stuff, we're going to move right into trunking, so for those of you looking for trunking and, and more of that, stay tuned. We'll get to that very shortly. Now, taking the microphone off the hook is great for a mobile uh, environment. What happens, though, if you're a dispatcher or, or base setup? So what they had on the microphones or radio was known as a monitor key, and you'd push down this monitor button before you would hit the push to talk. Uh, some uh, some two-way radios, portable radios, also have a monitor button located below the PTT. Exactly the same thing. It opens the squelch so you can hear if the frequency is available before you transmit on it. Now, some base station microphones, too, required you to double push, so had you to push in the uh, the monitor button with the PTT just to verify and force the user to check for an open carry or check for an open frequency before they actually transmit it on it. All right, so how many tones could you use or program into your radio? Now, again, different manufacturers have different solutions for the exact same problem. So the list has kind of grown where it was first introduced, which is the good thing. So there could be as many as 50 tones really on your radio's uh, tone table. Okay. 
Now, there's also different ways of injecting this tone into the transmitter. All right, so now we're getting a little technical, and I want to talk more on the transmit side than the scanning side, but uh, figured it was good for you guys to understand how, how this all works. Now, the best way to inject a tone into the carriers independently of the microphone. Uh, so basically, the microphone filters out any of the frequencies that aren't the audible uh, voice frequencies and has a cutoff for anything that would be in the uh, the CTCSS tone range, right? Because you don't want background noise being picked up and, and throwing a false positive, positive or negative uh, on the receiver squelching system, right? The last thing you want is some hum in the background to interfere with uh, your, your receiver or your receiver, right? So the nice thing about PL tones is that even though or even if a carrier is bad, or there's a weak signal, the CTCSS being an analog tone, it's continuous, it's always there, okay? Not like a digital, I think of um, you've all had uh, bad cell phone signal or uh, for those of you or those of us who use satellite TV, uh, you know it's sometimes the signal is there or it's not there, right? There's not like analog TV where you can watch TV through the snow and uh, you'd be happy just watching a football game or whatever, right? It's either there or it's not there when it comes to digital stuff. And that's the same problem you have with DPL, okay? Now, that's not to say that CTCSS isn't a perfect system. Remember, it's analog. It's it's the first generation, right, of this kind of uh, squelch, un, squelch muting, unmuting system. So in the early days of development, there were a couple of tones you'd want to stay away from. So again, remember in session two, we talked about commercial power uh, being delivered at 50 or 60 hertz, depending on where you lived. So you wouldn't really want your PL tone to be a multiple of the 50 or the 60 hertz. Uh, I believe over in the European countries, they don't want you to use 100 hertz as a PL tone because it's a exact duplicate of 50 hertz. So here in the States, they would say, stay away from 179.9 because that's triple the 60 hertz that commercial power is delivered on, uh, you know, close to 180. And again, that was in the infancy. Right now with, with uh, the filtering and, and the cleaner commercial power and all the other good stuff, uh, it's really not that big of a problem as it once was. And, and for example, my local police department, uh, before they moved off of the analog system onto a P25 uh, trunk system and have gone encryption, they used to use 179.9 for their PL tone. So it's not unheard of that, uh, of using a double or a multiple of uh, your commercial powers uh, um, frequency for delivery, okay? Now, I would love to dive into some of the inner workings on how PL works and how radios were able to encode and decode CTCSS uh, beyond what I've already discussed, but I really don't want to lose any of my listeners in the process. Uh, it can get pretty dry and boring. Uh, if you're really interested on the inner workings of this, uh, I really invite you to check out a website called repeaterbuilder.com. And that is a hyphen between the two words. So it's repeater-builder.com. And I'll put a link to the article that I use as a resource for this podcast in, this, in the session notes. And you can get the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session three. Again, that's uh, session and then a number three. Uh, and again, too, I'll uh, have some bonus content for you guys as well. So if you sign up for the email list using the Session 3 uh, email box, I'll email you some extra bonus content as well that will go along with uh, this session that we're talking about. So another issue you might have with CTCSS was the repeater might stay open just a brief second too long. 
and you get what we call a squelch tail, which is a little bit of white noise or this squelch um, that, sh that would come through after you're done transmitting. And after a while, a lot of people will find that that's pretty annoying, right? You don't want to hear it at the end of every transmission. To remedy this, what some of the manufacturers started doing was they would phase invert the PL tone. And what that would do is it would tell the receiver, or actually it would change the key to the door and it wouldn't be a match anymore. Your receiver would then squelch up uh, because uh, it doesn't have a match on the PL tone anymore and you would no longer hear that that squelch tail. And, and that was a way of kind of um, uh, fixing it. So like I said, technology does change over time. You go from the analog PL to the digital DPL. Now a side note, for those of you who have programmed Motorola radios might notice that PL might be called TPL or Tango Papa Lima, uh, just to draw your attention to the fact that you're using the analog tone private line and not the digital private line. Okay, so as we talked before, PL, DPL, we kind of use them like generic terms these days, Band-Aid, Xerox, um, whatever else that uh, that you can think of that would be a generic term for something. And um, we have DPL, and DPL really stands for Continuous Digital Coded Squelch System, or CDCSS. That's Charlie Delta, Charlie, Sierra, Sierra. Eventually, that was shortened to DCS, which is Delta Charlie Sierra, which you might see on your scanners. Uh, more or less, it would be DCS or DPL. Okay. So what makes this digital version different from the analog version, well, besides obviously being digital? With CTCS, CTCSS being a analog sine wave, you have on DCS a bunch of zeros and ones. It's a digital uh, form of a code. Now, digital looks like square waves when you look at it uh, on an oscilloscope. So really what happens is, is when you key up the radio and you're using a DPL, you have a parity bit, a bunch of zeros and ones, followed by a series of zeros and ones that represent the number four in binary, followed by the zeros and ones that represent the actual DPL tone in binary. So a DPL of 0 to 3 would first be transmitted by the parity bit, and then that's followed by 100, which is the number 4 in binary, followed by 00001011, which is the three-digit binary code for 023. Now, if you want to see the waveform and a more detailed explanation of what I just talked about, the MMI-COM website is a great resource, and they used uh, DPL-023 as an example on their website, which is why I've used it as an example in this podcast, so you can kind of go over there and see what I'm talking about. And again, I've used their website as a uh, resource for this podcast, and I'll put a link to their website in the show notes and also a part of the bonus content. So again, you can get that uh, in the show notes at scannerschool.com session three. So DPL though, even though it's a newer technology, and, and I use air quotes here, uh, it's it's sent continuously. So you could get false positives or false, false negatives of a DPL code due to time shifting. 
So 0010 might be received as 0100 or 100, right? Because you're just moving that one bit, uh, one position or two positions in that string. To prevent that from happening, there's a list of DPL codes that are not used. So this removes any of the time shifting, and we'll use, again, air quotes, duplicates uh, from the table. So we go from a DPL tone list down to 83 possible tones that you could use. Even though if you want to use all of them, you could have 512 different possibilities. But again, to eliminate all the uh, false positives, false negatives, you're down to 83 possible usable tones for, uh, for the best results. Okay, so now another limitation of using D DPL tones like we talked about before was that if your receiver loses some of the zeros and ones due to a weak signal, this could cause your transmission to cut out. So now you remember how we talked about the squelch tail when we use CTCSS. The solution to this when using DPL was that your radio would send out a set of zeros and ones whenever you dekeyed the microphone to tell the receiver that you were done talking. Your transmitter whether you realize it or not, stays keyed up for about 200 milliseconds after you dekey the microphone to send out 01010101. This represents the transmission was over and your receiver squelch should close. Okay, no more squelch tails because you got this series of 01s for 200 milliseconds. So let's go on to P25 systems. For P25 systems, we use a network access code, sometimes called a NAC, and that's November Alpha Charlie. So there's 4,096 different possibilities for NACs that can be used. Now NACs work the same way as their earlier predecessors in that a radio will only break squelch from the correct NAC is received. So a NAC is written as a three-digit hexadecimal number, normally starting with a dollar sign. The default NAC is 293, would be written as dollar sign 293. If you wanted to write it down in hex, it would be 0x293. So a key item to remember is that if you want to use open squelch on your P25 scanner, set it for NAC search if it has that capability. Some of the earlier generations of P25 scanners didn't allow you to program in NACs so they were naturally going to be an open squelch when any digital signal would be received. So remember, using a PL, a DPL, or a NAC does not mean that your conversations are private. Anyone who is monitoring the frequency in carrier squelch mode can hear everything on that frequency unfiltered. All that you are doing by decoding PL, DPL, or NAC is filtering out everything else you don't want to hear. You've locked the door on your receiver to all unwanted guests unless they have your key. So this session of Scanner School is sponsored by EastCoastPagers.com. East Coast Pagers is a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the North American market. From one-way numeric and alphanumeric to voice and P25 pagers, they have you and your department covered. Check out eastcoastpages.com for Unication G1, G4, and G5 products and accessories. All Unication G1 pages will ship with a spare set of batteries and spare belt clip courtesy of East Coast Pages. All G4 and G5 orders will ship with spare belt clips. 
Complimentary programming for your department's dispatch and fireground are included. And you can contact eastcoastpagers.com for a custom quote for your department. Again, the website is eastcoastpagers.com. So I want to thank all of those who have downloaded and shared the first two episodes of Scanner School. The download numbers are much better than I was hoping for. And the comments I have received back via emails are awesome. So I got one question that came in uh, just last night from John. He writes in the following question. What is the best indoor antenna you can get? I have a Bearcat 780 XLT Trunk Tracker 3. Well, John, I think the best indoor antenna is an outdoor antenna. Uh, I'm not sure of where you're listening from and what your situation is, but if you have a basement apartment or a homeowner's association who refuses to let you have any fun, um, just kidding. But, um, look, I plan on covering a topic like this on future episodes, and um, I'd like to have some uh, time to start digging into some model numbers for you. But what has worked for me in the past was uh, I've put a discount antenna in the attic uh, at my house, and uh, I ran the coax line down through uh, a gap between the plumbing vent into my basement and that worked for me as soon as I moved into the house before I actually had something set up outside. So until I get that podcast published, uh, what I'd like to invite you to do is join our Facebook community and uh, uh, ask questions to the other listeners of Scanner School. And you can find our Facebook group uh, by going to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. That's scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And I'll take you right to our uh, our page on Facebook. Uh, Garrett wrote in the other day, and he says, I listened to your first two sessions of Scanner School Podcast. They are fantastic. Keep up the good work. We have similar Scanner hobby past. I got started when my uncle in Tahoe brought over a realistic Rio Shack scanner. And every time the fire department left the station, we would hear all the action. I would love to be a guest on your show if I can ever be of any assistance. Garrett, I'm going to take you up on your offer, and I would love to have you on as a guest. And if anybody else listening would like to come on and share your stories, or if you have any wisdom you'd like to discuss, please drop me a line. Phil at ScannerSchool.com. I would love to have you on the show. And if you're an expert in a particular area of scanning, please, I'd love to have you on for an interview. So John wrote, Phil, nice job on the podcast. I really enjoy listening. Waiting for the advanced stuff to start, but I plan on listening to all of them. John, thank you for the feedback, and the advanced stuff is coming. I want to get everybody going through on the uh, on the basics, and we'll eventually graduate everybody from newbies into uh, into more advanced users. So it's going to be a, a short road to get there, but uh, please hang in there. Okay. Uh, some other feedback we received this week. John uh, Egan says, "Best of luck with the project." Doug Boxman. Awesome. Kevin Grussling. I've been a licensed hand for over 40 years and also grew up with scanners. Excited to see the podcast of Scanner School. I've always lived in rural areas where conventional frequencies are the bulk of scanning programming. Interested in learning about trunking and trunking systems. Again, Kevin, we're getting there. Andrew writes, this is an awesome idea. Interested in antenna, cable, amps, etc. as well. Again, all topics I have uh, on paper and ready to go for future episodes of Scanner School. In addition to amps, I want to get into preamps as well um, and cable connectors and the different types and what they're used for. So we'll get there. Uh, Alan writes, wow, great idea. George Arthur Robinson, great idea. I've been scanning for a lot of years, but always needs a refresher. Good luck and thank you. George, thank you for the feedback. 
And thank you, everybody else who I didn't include um, on your feedback as well. I hope that you have found this session and this podcast helpful. If you have any questions or feedback, please visit www.scannerschool.com slash session three. From there, you'll be able to leave me a voice message with feedback, and I would love to answer your questions or use your audio in uh, future episodes as well instead of just reading from uh, email feedback. Your messages can be left from your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone uh, using the speak pipe button on the webpage. In addition, on the post uh, for this podcast or our website, you'll also find some bonus materials to go along with this podcast. Just fill out the form and I'll email you a PDF with some bonus materials for this session. Again, the link is scannerschool.com slash session three. Now, one last request, please. For those of you using iTunes to listen to this podcast, a huge request Please rate and comment on Scanner School, okay? It's the only way that I can get this podcast ranked in iTunes so that others can find it. So please take a minute and uh, get on iTunes and, and give us an honest review and uh, a couple comments. Con- constructive criticism is good. I'll, I'll take that and, um, you know, and, and work on improving the podcast. I'm very new to this. I'm sure you can still tell I'm stumbling a little bit my words and, um, you know, we'll all grow together. I'll teach you about uh, about scanning, and in the meantime, I'll learn something more about podcasting. So with that, so we'll talk more about PLDPL and NAX next week. Uh, next week topic for Scanner School will be simplex, duplex, and repeater systems. So until next Tuesday, I'm Phil Lichtenberger, W2LIE, saying best regards or 7-3. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.